Tonight, I'm speaking to you on moving to your next level. Hallelujah. It is God's intention that we progressively move to our next level. Everybody has a level. Somebody shout level. Everybody has a level to get to. And I want you to understand, it's not a, a depressing level, but actually an uplifting level. Amen. See, when we were born and we were, before we were born and we were conceived and we were in the womb, that was one level. Then every day, parts of us develops. And so we progressively move to greater levels until we are fully formed by nine months. And then we make a progress towards the gate of the womb and come out into the world. Progress. Then when we come out, we, there is a point where we don't normally talk, but we make some giggling sounds. And mommy is able to chat with us even though she doesn't understand what we are saying. But that is one level of progress again. And then gradually, we don't know how to walk, but we make some progressive steps. Toddlers, and then we make one move and two moves. And then gradually, we are running. And then we start walking and start talking and move on from one level of education to upper levels of education. Nobody goes from class two to class one. Nobody goes actually from year two and start going back to year one, back to nursery and back to the mother's womb. Nobody does that. It means that the program of God is for us to make levels and move to next levels of progress in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And so tonight, I want us to understand that every day of our lives, we will be presented with opportunities to move to our next level. Some people should be at their highest level now, but they fail to recognize the opportunities presented to them. They fail to understand circumstances and situations. There are many situations that we face in life, but don't let them take you back to the lower level. Let them inspire you to the next level. In the name of Jesus. I want us today to look at a character called David in the Bible. A great servant of God, one that is needed as a lesson model because of the fact that he was an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that David was specially chosen by God to teach us many lessons in life on how to relate with God. But especially to move to your next level, I believe that David makes a very good case study. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see where this whole story was packaged. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you a unique understanding in the name of Jesus to identify at least some 10 things that David did to move to his next level in Jesus' name. In 1 Samuel 17, we see that David had been anointed in chapter 16 in the midst of his brethren. The anointing that came on him was that he will become king. There are many anointings that have come upon many of you that are listening to me tonight. But when your moment of opportunity comes, sometimes you can't see it. I pray that you discover it in the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that there was this Philistine who was a giant. The Philistines come every time to fight against Israel. And this time when they came, they brought out a champion, one-man champion. And he decided to represent the whole nation. To say that anyone that Israel could bring to, to beat him, then it would be equivalent to the whole of Philistine being beaten by Israel. 
And the Bible says for 40 days, this man comes and make mockery of Israel. And when the Israelites see him, when their soldiers see him, including their king Saul, the Bible says they run away in fright and in terror. I came to announce to you, whenever God will give you an opportunity to move to your next level, it will not come on a silver platter. Sometimes it will come in the form of a battle. Sometimes it will come in the form of a bad news. But I came to announce to you, bad news must not quench the good news that have been formed in you through Jesus Christ. The good news is greater than the bad news. The light of God in you is greater and sharper than any dark news around you. In the name of Jesus. And the Bible said, this man came every day and made mockery of Israel. And so the Bible says that he came and he will fight Israel and, and speak words that intimidate them. And for 40 days, Israel could do nothing about it. Then the Bible says that David's father sent him to send food to his brothers and also check on their welfare. Three of his brothers were in the army. But David was the last born in the family. And the Bible says that his father sent him on this occasion. That the day we will meet the opportunity necessary for us to move to the next level, it will come in unusual ways. It may be an ordinary sending by a father. Father sent him to go. When he was anointed to be king, probably he will be thinking that one day the king will just die. And all Israel nicely will come to his father and say, this is your son. He is going to be king. Or that the king will understand and the king will voluntarily abdicate the throne and say, David, I understand that you are anointed by God. Maybe he will be thinking that the king will have a dream and that God will appear to him and said, Saul, get up tomorrow morning and go to the house of Jesse. Take David, his son, and make him the next king and nicely go and retire. But those things didn't happen. The anointing has come on him, but the opportunity to move to the next level came in the form initially of a father sending you. Hallelujah. Sometimes when your parents send you, they may send you indirectly into your opportunity. Accept it and go. Stop complaining and sleeping and watching Netflix when your mother said, go and buy something at Woolwich. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. And so the Bible said that David was sent to go and check on his brothers and was sent to give them, to bring them food. Simple. But within that sending, orchestrated by God, was a divine purpose. I pray that every minute of your movement, may you descend the timings of God in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said that verse 21. So let's take it from verse 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army were going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David had them. 
I pray that your ears will be oiled by the Holy Ghost. You will hear opportunity in the midst of what appears to be a challenge or a misfortune in the name of Jesus. David heard those words. When everybody heard those words and they dreadfully ran for their lives, the Bible says David heard them and decided to take a decision. Amen. To do something about it. So the Bible says, so David had them and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and they were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said to David, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. He will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. I'm surprised that none of these soldiers were motivated by this. They know what the offer is, but nobody has offered to go and fight. And they are still in the army, wearing army uniform. I pray in the name of Jesus, every uniform you are wearing, may you act according to the power of the uniform. In the name of Jesus. They knew what would be done. They knew the rewards, and yet they were afraid of a man. They were seeing a problem, but they were not, not motivated to solve it. And the Bible said, they said these things. Then David, verse 26, spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. When trained soldiers were running away from the man and have been afraid of him, even though they know the promises of what they will get, David sees it differently. Number one, I want you to understand that the key, the first key to moving to your next level is to identify a need and do something positive about it. Identify a need and do something positive about it. Hallelujah. David came. He heard the same words that people have heard. He heard the threats. The same thing. For 40 days he saw what these people were going through. The rest of the trained soldiers, including the king, could not see their moment of moving to the next level. But David identified there is a need here. And he decided to positively do something about it. Verses 23 to 27 gives us that clue. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion. The Bible says in the verse number 26, David spoke to them and said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? He sees the problem. He identifies and perceives it. This is a reproach to Israel. This is not a mere talk from some egoistic soldier. This is a reproach to Israel. And it's also a defiance of the God that the armies of Israel represent. You see how David looks at things. He was able to diagnose the problem. I pray in the name of Jesus that when you see your moment of opportunity, you will be able to perceive a need. Your next level is linked to the needs that you solve. The problems you solve. Goliath was a problem. The position of Israel at that, at that place was a problem. And David correctly perceived a need, recognized the need, and dealt with the need. So identify a need and do something positive about it. And one of the ways to do those positive things is to make inquiries. So David started asking questions. How can I solve this problem? 
So he started asking questions. And then he was also told about the rewards that will be given. Make inquiries. Look for the possibility of rewards. See all those things, but be motivated more by first of all, recognizing a need. The anointing of God on your life is given to you to solve a problem. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. People who solve problems move to the next level of their lives. Move to a very powerful next level of your life. May you not move to a next level of failure and hopelessness. May you move to the next level of significance in your life. In the name of Jesus. The reason why today we still mention the name of Jesus was that God asked a question in heaven and said, Who shall I send? And who shall go for me? There is a problem. Humanity is lost. Jesus decided to solve the problem. He identified the need and take, took the step to come and solve the problem. Once and for all. So Satan don't go about bragging. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. The reason why you were born into that family is to identify a particular challenge of the family and solve it. The reason why you are working where you are working now is that there is a problem only you can bring a solution to. May you identify it and solve it. The reason why you are in the church is that you may perceive a certain challenge of the church. May you be the reason why that challenge is solved. In the name of Jesus, anything can move to any level unless the problem that comes against that issue has been solved by another person. In Jesus' name, tonight you are that person. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So identify a need and do something positive about that need. Every need you are able to identify, I came to announce to you, you can solve it. The moment we identify something, we can begin to also have means of solving that problem in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two. Number two. So the Bible says that David said the same thing and the 26 says that he says this man has defied. 27, the people answered him in this same manner saying, so it shall be done for the man who kills him. Number two, as you make inquiries and you start making efforts at solving the problem, there will be opposition and challenges. There will be opposition and challenges. Verse 28, then the Bible says, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard him when he spoke to the man. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. Eliab, you too, you have been in the army for a long time. You know the rewards. Every day Goliath comes to shout, you run away. Your youngest brother has come. He's identified a problem. You couldn't identify the problem. He wants to solve it, and there you are publicly attacking him. He says in the verse number 28, why have you come here? I came so that I can move to my next level. Hallelujah. Why did you come down here? As if he's forgotten. His brother told him earlier on that daddy sent me to come and find out how you guys are doing and also to give you your food. So the question Eliab asked was in two dimensions. One is to talk him back to his original mission. You were only sent to bring food. Go away. You know, sometimes people want to let you be at the same level that they've last found you. Refuse to be intimidated by anybody. David, the anointing that your brother witnessed that was poured on you in chapter 16 is not to be giving food to people. You are not an inspector. You are a warrior and to become a king. So his brother was trying to talk him back to square one. But I love David. He gave a solid answer. But I want you to understand there will be opposition and there will be challenges. The thing is that the challenge and opposition, unfortunately, may come from people you don't expect 
that they will be the ones to oppose you. In this case, it was eldest brother. In many families, we look up to our eldest brother for motivation and inspiration. They are the ones who tell you that don't worry, you can do this course. You can take it. You can move forward. You can do that. They become examples for us. Elder sisters and elder brothers become examples of inspiration for us. But when elder brother begins to talk you down to square one, you need to shift. Hallelujah. Because your purpose and your significance in life is far bigger than any threat from any family member. Glory be to Jesus. They are only privileged to have you as their family member. But you are more important in the grand scheme of God's agenda on the face of the earth. You were brought into that family. Not the family that wished that you came in. It was God who decided to choose that family. They better sit up and handle you well. But if they will frustrate you, you need to move to the next level. Hallelujah. He said, why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Again, publicly telling people, this guy that is shouting here, he only takes care of few sheep but you may be taking care of few sheep today the anointing on your life is not for few sheep hallelujah when you identify the need the anointing is quickly activated and stirred for the operation in the name of jesus and don't be intimidated the opposition and challenge came from a family member sometimes it may come from a dear friend sometimes it may come from from witches and wizards it may come from financial difficulties, and so many things. But the existence of challenges is not a sign that you have not been empowered by God to do anything. It's just to make sure that you can deal with the situation. Nobody is a king unless he has killed another king. No one becomes a warrior. No one becomes a champion who has not fought in the battle. Glory be to Jesus. You can have a testimony without a test. So when you see Eliab's talking, just see it as an opportunity to still rise to your next level. Hallelujah. With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Then he goes on to attack him further publicly. I know you are proud. And the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. So he's publicly accusing his brother that actually he was lying. That his father did not send him. That he actually intentionally put some bread together so he can come and spy the battle. But that was not true. Sometimes you may be falsely accused on your way to the next level. But don't let that stop you. When Eliabs can fight Goliath, they try to discourage you out of it. You have been anointed to fight Goliath. Go forward. In the name of Jesus. So when you see any form of opposition, rise above it. And one of the ways to deal with opposition is to change association. Number three, change association. Verse number 30, change association. Change association. The Bible says, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Hallelujah. Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to be here? There is a reason to be here. Amen. Then he turned from his brother towards another person and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Glory be to Jesus. And now when the words with David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. When Eliab tried to stop you, move away from him and talk to other people. Change association. Glory be to Jesus. There are genuine people that will encourage you and advise you. And sometimes they will give you positive precautions. They are not the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about those who are saying, full stop, you are going nowhere. And use words that would demoralize you. 
and tell you things that you don't want to hear. But I want you to believe the God who has brought you to this world. You are here on assignment. Everybody that came on the earth is here on an assignment in the name of Jesus. If you are not able to realize that you can bypass the Eliabs, you would have stayed where you were. If David had just listened to Eliab, we would never have been talking about him. He would never have killed Goliath. We would never have heard about him. He would have been a nobody and no entity and nothing else. Nothing. Just that his name is recorded as a son of Jesse. Even Jesse's name will not come in. The reason why we even talk about Jesse is because David came. And because he became a man of significance by delivering Israel from the reproach of the Philistines. So change association. Amen. The reason is because... Eliab, his elder brother, was present in the room when David was anointed in chapter 16. Sometimes it's very amazing that the people who were present when the oil was spoken over your life and the prophecy came over, they are the same people who become opposition. Sometimes the same people who have believed in you in the past are the same people saying you are not able. If you decide to believe what they are saying, you will be talked back to square one and you go and take care of few sheep. You have not been called for few sheep. You are called to lead a whole nation. Glory be to Jesus. So the Bible says David changed association and spoke to other people. The fourth thing is that the cause, that's why he asks, is there not a cause? Verse number 29 Verse 29, David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to be here? Amen. You see, the cause and the solution to the problem must fuel your persistence. Amen. So David's brother spoke to him, speaks to him. And the Bible said, he said to him, what have I now done? What evil have I done? Is there not a reason for me to be here? Is there not a cause to make these inquiries? May you know the reason why you are where you are. The Bible says David understood that there is a cause here. There is a problem here. Somebody is messing up big time. Somebody is defying the armies of the living God. Somebody is threatening Israel. Somebody is reducing us to nothing. We look like common people when the almighty God is our God. It doesn't line up with the promises God gave our fathers. So the Bible says David asked his brother, is there not a cause? I'm here for a reason. Maybe you don't see the reason. You want to be running away forever. It's been 40 days already. And you have been running away from this guy every time. I have the solution. I pray for you tonight that the solution which you have identified, the need that you have identified, the cause that you have identified must be the source of your persistence. Amen. So David persisted because he knew there was a cause. There is a reason. Amen. When, whenever any opposition comes, I want you to understand as a church, there is a cause. There is a cause. There is a cause. There's surely a cause for the existence of Christ Church International. There is a cause. Amen. And there is a cause for your existence. So don't let any Eliab talk to you to square one. Some Eliabs may be real family members. Some Eliabs may be friends that we we rely on so much, so the opinion matters so much to us. But I tell you, whenever you see an Eliab, look at the higher picture, the bigger picture, that God's hand is upon you and nothing should stop you. You need to move to your next level. Because sometimes when Eliabs fail to move to their next level, they try to talk the Davids out of moving to their next level. 
in Jesus' name. The Bible says that David said, is that not a cause? Verse 29 and the verse number 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this man. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistines. He's found a solution. His solution is I'll go and fight him. All of you have not been able to fight him. King, you wake up every morning, wear your armor, dress in ceremonial wear. See like the royal family people. See them on occasions. They are wearing military gear. Thank God some of them have been in the army. But you know, some places they wear it ceremonial. If there's a battle right now, they won't go forward. So we don't want to be dressing as colonels and generals. And when we see the war, we run away. Whatever you decide to wear, may you fit it. May you fight into that in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that now when the words of David were heard, they reported them to Saul. When you become persistent, you will move to the next level. Your persistence will be reported to the higher level. And you will move to the next level. In the name of Jesus. David was not stopping. The cause was driving him. And he stated the cause clearly. David said to Saul, let my, no man's heart fail them because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Hallelujah. He found a solution. My purpose here is that I will fight against this Philistine. May you have a solution to that issue in the name of Jesus. It has been waiting for you all along. It has been waiting for you all along. You have been listening to too many Eliabs. And you have been listening also to people who talk big and do nothing. People who have got ideas and yet they don't implement them. All these soldiers, thousands of them, they knew what the, the, the reward would be if anybody kills this man. And for 40 days, none of them tries to enjoy this reward. I don't know whether they don't want their houses to be exempted from taxes. They don't want the king's daughter. I don't know. And all the promises that have been given. But I love David because his perception was not just these earthly things. His perception was the divine purpose why he came. He discerned, this is the moment. I pray for you that when you see some Goliath situations, may you see this is your moment to strike in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, the solution or the cause will fuel your persistence. And the Bible tells us that that's what David did. Number five. Number five. The Bible says, so Saul also said to him, verse 33, you are not able to go against these Philistines to fight him. For you are a young man, and a man of war from, this man has been a man of war from his youth. But you, you don't have any experience. Hallelujah. The Bible said, but David insisted. Amen. David insisted. Number five, stick to your convictions, stick to your skill, and stick to your strength. Stick to your convictions. Stick to your skill and stick to your strength. Amen. Your convictions, your skill, and your strength is very, very powerful. Your convictions, very, very powerful. Saul hasn't seen what you have seen. Eliab hasn't seen what you have seen. All the people that are telling you all the things, they haven't seen what you have seen. You alone knows what you have been convinced of and you move by that conviction. And the Bible says in the verse number 34, after he has been told he can't go, sometimes some experts, they, King Saul has been a man of war himself. He's a soldier. But in this case, he's not moving forward. He too, he has been anointed. <laughs> That's why you have to be careful of some old prophets. 
He has been anointed. The same spiritual father who anointed King Saul as first king of Israel is the same prophet Samuel who also anointed David. How come that one of them can be that daring to face the Philistine and another anointed from the same horn and the same oil is running away for 40 days from the same Goliath? The fact that somebody appears anointed and is, around, is running away from his Goliath doesn't mean that you should run away from that Goliath. Because there are levels of the anointing in the name of Jesus. Stick to your convictions, your skill, and your strength. And the Bible says, King Saul offered an expert opinion. You know, these days there are a lot of experts. You know, these days, you know what the news, they are, they are Ukraine experts. If there's a war in Ghana now, God forbid, you will see Ghana experts. BBC will be bring them to come and sit down, and they will be talking. There are Afghanistan experts, security experts, financial experts, all kinds of experts. And King Saul may be an expert here. So he would have been seen to be saying, young man, I've been a soldier myself, but this is a different type of soldier. If I'm running away, young man, don't try it. It's useful exuberance. Don't try it. Don't try it. But you see, this is not mere youthful exuberance. This is anointing with oil. The anointing breaks the yokes. The anointing makes us do things that ordinarily we won't be able to do. But something went wrong with King Saul's anointing on his life. Disobedience robbed him of the power to pursue it. But David is starting and he's believing that God is with him in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, David was told that you can't. But David insisted and said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. <laughs> and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised, I don't, I don't know why, but I love David for from the beginning, he has been calling this guy uncircumcised Philistine. Making a very strong spiritual case. I pray that no matter how young you are, you still become very spiritual. Because you see, the covenant of God over his people back then was that every one of Israel, every one of the loins of Abraham must be circumcised. And he says, this then becomes my covenant with you. When you have a covenant, so long as the terms of the covenant are met, the deity to whom you have the covenant have every obligation to fight and defend you. So David was making a strong case in the spirit. This one is uncircumcised. Father, you must do something about it. I am circumcised. That is an uncircumcised Philistine. Sometimes you have to use certain words to, to bring about your victory swiftly in the realm of the spirit. The Bible says, David said to King Saul, in case you don't get it, this one is an uncircumcised Philistine. We don't run away from uncircumcised people. Because our covenant is with our God. Amen. And then the Bible says that he said, your servant killed the blind and the bear, and these uncircumcised Philistines will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. I'll tell you later. But David's, David's motive was so clear. To remove the shame from Israel. And to remove the abuse against almighty God. He knew his mission on the battlefield. He said this uncircumcised Philistine. Moreover, David said, the man was still talking. He's still convincing. See, let your convictions, let your skill and your strength move you to the next level. He continued to persist and he said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. The man has made his case. He made a very strong case. I pray, don't be timid. Make your case in the name of Jesus. Make your strong case. Have a good reason. The guy appears on the battlefield. He didn't know he's going to meet this. But at the spell of the moment, he's able to roll out his manifesto. When he was interviewed, he has immediate answers prepared. To move to your next level, any level of interview you get to, prepare yourself for any questions in the name of Jesus. Your breakthrough is linked to that one. Sometimes it's not a prepared one you have, but the unusual question that may come in the interview. Because you never know that you are being assessed on your sense of awareness to unfortunate or, or events that nobody has planned for. How do you react to situations that nobody planned for? That makes you a leader. That's what will make the company want to have an interest in you. Not someone who is just going only by the book. But when something happens outside the box, can you think outside the box? David was right there on the spot attending an interview. The interview started with, you can't do this job. How do you handle yourself when you attend an interview? And the first question that came from the CEO was, you can't do this job. Because the way you are prepared for the interview, you are, are expecting that when you get there, they'll ask you, what is your name? Then they say, what do you bring to the table? The ones that you have revised. This time when you got there, everything you are prepared was not there. The question started off with, you are not able to do this job in this company, full stop. And the man moved on to start convincing. Right there, I don't know, but I pray that we'll be ever ready. Ever ready in Jesus' name. Because breakthroughs that will move us to the next level comes in ways we have never planned. For God, he has already planned it. But we must be ready in prayer and in, in preparation and in study and in developing our gift. Be ready at any time when an opportunity shows itself. And the Bible says, he says that David convinced the man and the man said to him, go and the Lord be with you. Even the king started blessing him to go. What a situation. Amen. So stick to your convictions, no matter what. Stick to your skill. Because in the verse number 38 to 40, the Bible says, so Saul, having given the boy an assurance to go, still wasn't fully convinced so think okay let me give you my armor the thing if you have confidence in it you would have used it to fight Goliath he's been running away wearing a very good armor but he wants to give the armor to the boy maybe he wants to protect him he wants him to wear something to protect him because he's just thinking this guy will just finish you off this guy will just finish you off but the bible says so Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet also on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. He wanted David to appear like the way Goliath is dressed. But I've come to realize that you don't need to look like your enemy to defeat him. In the name of Jesus. When we come in the name of the Lord and we have developed our skills, technology, skill development moves from one generation to the other. Don't stick to the same old ways. Change the game. Hallelujah. Change the game. You can't fight a crocodile in water. Move the territory. Tempt that crocodile and move it out to land. Then you can finish it. That's why an eagle won't try to fight a snake on the ground. It tries and it finds a way to by, by which it can use its claws to lift it into the sky. Because that's where it can fight best. Everybody must know your strength and your weakness. And change the game. 
So King Saul wanted David to look like the others. You can't move to your next level if you want to look like everybody. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Because there's no end to God's creativity. The anointing of God on your life, especially as a Christian, the power of God and gift of God in you means that there is, an, there is a supply of creativity within us. We can't just do things the same way everybody is doing it. You will be too cheap. When everything is done the same way, things are cheap. Do something that has not been done before. Because God did something no one has ever done before. And the creativity of God is what makes the thing different completely. That's why it doesn't matter how the latest BMW looks like. Next year, there will be another model that looks a little bit different from that one. And you see that that one is expensive than this one. I mean, look at the electric cars they are producing. I mean, I don't know what they will do. But they seem to be more expensive. Very expensive. And I'm just thinking, this thing, <laughs> I'm not comfortable with it. But maybe I'll be convinced over time. I don't want to be traveling somewhere in the middle of between Scotland and Newcastle and then the electricity is finished. And I don't know where to charge it next. At least if it is oil, if it is, if it is petrol or diesel, I can put it in a gallon. But you can't put electricity in a gallon and take with you wherever you are going. But maybe they will convince us later. Those things are very expensive because it's new technology, new things. You can't remain cheap. The anointing on you is not cheap. Hallelujah. Don't do things the same old ways. Build on what you know. Don't get into the interview with the same style. Sometimes change the game. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Let's not do church the same old ways. There are certain things that, won't be on, that will not be changed. But there are many more things that we can adapt and move on. In the name of Jesus. The foundation will be solid. But the technology may change. The approach will change. We can't witness to people who don't speak English the same way we speak to people who speak English. We can't witness to people who have not been to school at all the same way that we minister to people who have been to school. The anointing, the assignment will remain the same, but the method must move. Glory be to Jesus. So the Bible said, David was clothed with the armor. And I love his humility. First of all, you just let the man do things. So he stood there, let me wear it and try. David then fastened his sword to his armor. And he tried to walk. For he had not tested them. Amen. He had not tested them. If your skill and your strength in a particular area is not that strong, abandon it and stick to what you know. Amen. Stick to what you know. It changes the game. Stick to what you know. Hallelujah. I remember some years ago I was invited to a program. And it's a very big conference. And then when it got to my turn, I mean, people have come. Great speakers have come. <laughs> great, great speakers have come. And they have spoken so much wisdom. And to raise money and this like that. I don't have this money raising skill. It's Holy Ghost, I know. So when it was my turn, I preached on the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I tell you, by the end of my ministration, the funds that was raised to promote the church's building project was more than all those that came and spoke from their 
You know, they have been giving a theme, so they're all sticking to it and presenting principles for financial break. I came and I spoke on the Holy Ghost because I believe that the Holy Ghost can inspire us to do so many things. That is my area of strength. I ministered powerfully. The anointing moved. People were delivered. And after all that, I said, having experienced all this, why don't we do something for God? Why don't we give from our substance to promote the work of God so we can have more of these Holy Ghostic moves? And people gave. Hallelujah. Stick to what you know. I can't sound like uh, uh, Miles Moreau. No, I will sound like James Ansinsaki. Glory be to Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Because sometimes when you want to do those things, you end up there, you see that you don't have it. You are wearing Saul's coat. Change it and wear what you must wear to finish the battle in the name of Jesus. So the Bible said, David moved and said, I haven't tried this one. I haven't proved this one. I haven't used this before. In the moment of a battle, I'm not going to try any new thing. I have to try what I have actually practiced, experienced, and I can deliver. Amen. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with this. You need to be very honest when it comes to moving to your next level. Don't let anybody put something on you that is not what you can carry. Glory be to Jesus. He said, I can't walk in this. If David had gone forward, he would have been finished because he'll be too heavy. He can't run. The man works, he fights his battles in a different way. He didn't wear this to chase the lion and the bear. How are you putting this on me? The man has just told you that the uncircumcised Philistine shall become like the lion and the bear. And when he was fighting lion and bears, he was not wearing a coat of mail. He didn't have a sword by his side and didn't have all this armor, this heavy thing. Because those, those, Armor, in those days, it, it is linked to your weight. You see, if you weigh 70 kilos, then you wear something that you can carry. But this guy, he's 17 years. King Saul was taller than anybody in Israel. That means that his weight would have been bigger than that of David. And to wear what the king was wearing, if the thing is going to wear you. You are not going to wear it. You know, sometimes you wear some things and you realize that it's like when children, I know my little James was little. He likes to wear anything that I have. And you realize that the thing is wearing him. I have pictures of him trying to wear my suit and I, I can't find his feet. <laughs> you know, it is the thing that is wearing him. He's not wearing the thing. <laughs> so David realized this is not going to work. Sometimes when something doesn't work, you must be able to speak up politely and say, I can't go with this for I have not tested them. So David took them off in Jesus name. Then point number six, but let's read it. Then David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. You know, he was given a sword and he put the sword down. Because he has mastered the art of throwing stones through the sling. Glory be to Jesus. Learn to hone your skills. Look for where your strength is and develop it to the highest level. No matter the nature of the enemy, you will still move to your next level. It doesn't matter what you are holding. Hallelujah. And so what he was holding towards the battle may appear ridiculous. But when God is on your side and when the anointing of God is upon your life, you will see the miraculous even with a ridiculous weapon. If you want to see the miraculous, you must be ready for the ridiculous with God. In Jesus' name. And the Bible said, David took his staff and he took stones, five smooth stones. I've told you, those five smooth stones is not Jesus. 
And some people say it's five. It's J-E-S-U-S. No. The Israelites, the Hebrews don't call Jesus by that name. They call him Yeshua. And if you try to spell that, it's more than five letters. So that thing people have been saying that he's the five stones with Jesus is not. That he has actually thrown one. He's left with four. Up to now, we are not using the four. The name that is above every name. Hallelujah. It's most important. David took these five smooth stones. The, the Bible doesn't give a revelation why he took five. He could have taken seven, ten, twelve. But he took five. He just needs some reserves. Amen. Don't read anything further into it so that the devil doesn't tell you anything. The name of the Lord is powerful. And David made natural preparations. Amen. The Bible says. So the next point, number six. Is faith in God. Faith in God. You see, your faith must be fueled by previous testimony. Amen. So the sixth thing to prepare yourself to your next level, that will take you to your next level, is your faith in God, which is fueled by previous testimony. Faith in God fueled by previous testimony. You see, testimony is a very powerful thing. As a church, it's a long time we took public testimony in London, but we must be doing that. See, testimony is a very powerful thing. Testimony stirs your faith because God won't work outside the realms of faith. No matter, as people of faith, I want you to understand that no matter our skill and our knowledge and our preparation, we still need the God factor for a comprehensive victory. In the name of Jesus. Because our next level must be that which God himself took us to. Not that which we took ourselves to. Because if God didn't take you there, you can't stay in there. But when God took you there, then he will keep you there. And open another further door for you to keep rising. So the Bible teaches us that David exercised faith. He spoke faith. And his faith to go and fight this king. This Goliath standing before him, that King Saul was running away from, that the soldiers, the trained SAS, the Marines, the special forces are all running away from. David comes in. The king had tried to convince him out of it. He has convinced the king to accept him. The king has pronounced a blessing. The king has given him his best armor. You want to wear what the prime minister wears for battle? That would be a very solid bulletproof. Powerful protection. And yet David put all aside. And then, he makes a very profound statement. His faith was fueled by previous testimony. Verse 34 to 37, we read that. David said that your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when an, a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. No knife in his hands. The hand of God. A lion has a very big head, if you have seen a lion before. And anything with a big head, like a lion, has very, very big, you know, canines. Strong teeth. That can, his jaws are strong. They can tear things into pieces. For it to pick a lamb, the weakest of the flock. And David could run after it and skillfully deliver a lamb. Because a lion will not be running with a lamb using its, its claws. It, because it needs the claws to be actually doing the running. But it will use its mouth to hold the lamb and run away with it. So if the thing is already in the mouth of a lion whose teeth is strong and whose jaws are strong. 
And this lion is holding a lamb which is already weak. When you see a lamb, you see sometimes you wonder whether there are bones in it. Very, very weak. It's standing there like that. Sometimes they stand and they just, you know, it's like praying mantis. You know, you just, you look at the lamb. It's just so, it's, it's something that can easily be devoured. And yet David skillfully delivered the lamb from the mouth of this lion. It is an anointing. Hallelujah. And he had no sword. So the Bible says, he said, this testimony of what God did with me in the past. And he says, and the bear also came. And I defeated the bear and delivered a lion from a bear. You know a bear is also strong. A bear can kill a human being. A bear is a very powerful animal. And yet David also delivered a lamb from it. He said, the God who did this, he will do this one. Every time be mindful of yesterday's testimony. Because it will fuel your faith. What brought the breakthrough for Mary was because when Gabriel realized that she made doubt, Gabriel said to her, your cousin Elizabeth, she that used to be called barren is even with child. In her 80s, she is with child. That means that you be a virgin carrying a child is possible. And the Bible says as soon as he added that, Mary's faith rose. And she said, let it be to me according to your word. And it happened. You need a testimony from yesterday. The God who kept you alive yesterday is able to keep you today. That is what you need to remember and it will keep you going on. When you see challenges, when you see problems, when you see obstacles, when you see difficult situations, when you see painful and sorrowful times, I want you to remember there has been a God who had put a laughter on your lips before and let that remind you that you can't die in this circumstance. That the same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. He will deliver me from this difficult situation. He will deliver you from this financial Philistine. This marital Philistine. This relationship Philistine, this job Philistine in the name of Jesus, this academic Philistine, you will meet the Philistines everywhere. But your testimony of yesterday must remind you that God who brought you this far will never leave you nor forsake you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said, David therefore used his faith. That was the sixth one. And number seven, he possessed a gift. Amen. Every one of you has a gift. If you don't have one, develop it. There are some gifts we were born with. Others too we can learn. There are transferable skills that we can develop. The Bible says David possessed a gift. I have come to realize that every problem in this world, there is a certain gift, ability or skill necessary to solve it. It moves you to your next level. And David's gift in this place was his ability to throw stones with a sling. Amen. Verse 49. Verse 49. The Bible says, Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. <laughs> out of the five, he took a stone. You see, he has been rehearsing and practicing in the wilderness for a very long time. He has practiced so much that he's not going to miss. I want you to develop your skill behind the scenes. That when the opportunity presents itself, it shall be one stone. Amen. One stone to defeat the enemy. Amen. As he said, your, your motto should be one target, one stone. So David had one stone. He just picked that one out. In the heat of the battle, he has been rehearsing with the sling for a very long time. He has done that on his own whilst alone in the wilderness. When in your times where you are alone, be practicing something. 
be practicing something. Whenever we say wait on the Lord, you, the job has not yet come. The husband has not yet come. The wife has not yet come. The breakthrough has not yet come. Keep on practicing something. You can't stay in a vacuum. Do something because God will need it at one point, And that will be the key to your breakthrough. So he was practicing. Hallelujah. When there's no pulpit, keep on practicing. When we're growing up, we practice with the mirror. I preach. I preach to the man in the mirror. I stand before the mirror and I start preaching. How to start my service and my sermons. And I keep on preaching. Hallelujah. So when opportunity came and I saw other human beings who are not me, I am able to preach the same way. Those days I will stand before the mirror and say, good morning. In the name of Jesus, I come your way with God's word. <laughs> and I've been talking to the one in the mirror and I preach, but my mind is preaching quite a lot of people. So you develop your preaching skills from there. Develop it from there. So I want to see how when I'm standing, how do people see me? Am I looking away whilst I'm talking to them? So I like to look straight. That's why whether crowd or no crowd, I'll still look into a mirror, a, a camera and preach powerfully. And sometimes I remember men of God have asked me, how do you do it? Because during the COVID time, we, we can't do it. How can I be talking to camera alone? So we have been rehearsing this in the back of beyond. So when the opportunity came, we know how to talk to camera alone in a room. And it has blessed many people in Jesus' name. The Bible says David had developed his skill. So he decided he took one stone, possess your gift. And when you know that you have a gift, develop it. Amen. It will be needed. So he trained skillfully. He improved the gift, one target, one stone. Because I found out that favor goes to the prepared person. Favor goes to the prepared person. Joseph was prepared. His gift was one. Ability to interpret dreams. Right from his father's house, he was having it. His brothers opposed. He still kept on dreaming. Keep on dreaming. The Bible says when his brothers opposed him, he dreamt another dream. Dream another dream. And he kept on understanding it. Even in prison, whilst no one was there, the man was still dreaming and still exercising ability to interpret dreams. Two officials of Pharaoh were brought into the prison. David, Joseph didn't say, ah, well, if God was looking on and I'm put in prison, why am I going to exercise this gift? If they have dreamt and they are looking very morose, so let it be. I don't care. But you see, I told you, the key to your breakthrough, to your next level, is always presented in a way that you never thought. In prison. In prison, he was still exercising the gift. Practicing the gift. So he asked the guys, you guys look very morose this morning. What's wrong with you? Say, we have both had a dream. Say, oh, really? <laughs> Let me warm up. I've got an opportunity to actually exhibit my gift. Even in prison. In prison, prison represents a place of restriction. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. Continue to practice the gift. The moment to appear before Pharaoh will come. The moment Pharaoh will need someone who interprets dreams will come. The moment the Pharaohs of the world needs an accountant will come. The moment the Pharaohs of the world needs a preacher, that moment will come. The moment they need a poet, that will come. The moment they need a financial analyst, that will come. The moment they need a medical expert, that moment will come. The moment that they need an economist, that moment will come. Whatever be the situation, even in prison, exercise that gift for the moment of your next elevation is about to be presented to you. Joseph did not shut it down. And David definitely had been practicing. He used that. And he realized when the opportunity came, favor came to Joseph. 
He interpreted a dream and he was promoted. When the opportunity came, David used the sling. He knew how to fire it. Look at him. Look at him. I just love the guy in the verse 49. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it. And it struck the Philistine in his forehead. This is accuracy. Precision and accuracy. Hallelujah. Accuracy. You can't miss. That means he has been practicing this for some time. That's why he took one. He was very confident. He doesn't need to take two to confuse him. He just put, in case I miss, I will take one more. That means as far as he's concerned, he has developed his skill to the point that he has told himself, even in the midst of the battle, it's only five chances. Five. I'm not giving myself ten chances. No. Five. That's why he took five stones. And he used one accurately. And it struck targets. Your gift is needed. In the name of Jesus. Favor goes to the prepared person. Number eight, as I try to conclude quickly. He used his gift to solve the problem. Amen. Use your gift to solve the problem. Use the skills you have acquired to solve the problem. Sometimes the problem will not come in the same way. But I tell you, your skill can deal with it. In the name of Jesus. Your gift must respond to the need. Verse 50. The Bible says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. It solved the problem. The guy can't come every day and be shouting anymore. One stone has knocked him down. One stone. Skillfully delivered. Skillfully thrown out. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Have you seen it there? No sword in his hand because he hasn't been practicing with a sword. His gift was the ability to skillfully throw stones out of a sling. When we were young, we threw stones out of a sling to kill birds. And when you do it for a long time, you become a master at it. And then you, you, you go and get more sophisticated, you know, slings. Some, they are red in color. Others are black. But someone knows what I'm talking about. Yes. And we killed all kinds of birds with it. From yellow bird. <laughs> to baller bed. <laughs> we killed all of them. Very skillful. You stand at a distance and shoot it. And the two girls come and drop. There's one too that was black and white. I forgot the name. It's a very small bed. We used to call it Chin Chin. <laughs> Kill those beds. Just go skillfully and fire it. David's on the go. You, you exhibit for a long time and you are able to. To, to use it. And you have got a lot of stones with you. That you release them very quick. Quick. Just like, like uh, automatic bullets. You just release fast, fast, fast. <laughs> use your gift to solve the problem. I've come to realize that your gifts, your abilities, your profession. These three. Call it the gap. G-A-P. Gifts, abilities, profession. Gifts, abilities, a profession. Sometimes you have a unique gift. It may not be related to your profession, but develop the skills of your profession as well and combine all they are needed to solve a problem. When you solve a problem, you move to the next level of your life. Because I found out that leadership is about getting things done. Amen. 
Leadership is about getting things done. The reason why the anointing of the leader that was upon the 17-year-old finally worked was because even though there was a king there, the one that must solve the nation's problem should be the leader. So at the time David killed Goliath, he was already operating as king. Even though he has not been ceremoniously um, inducted as king, the man has done it. He solved the nation's problem once and for all so the nation can concentrate on the economy. What is this Goliath that comes every morning to disturb us? He solved the problem. The nation is waiting for you as you hear the sound of my voice. Some of you, your family is waiting for you to be the one to solve the problem. In every family, there will be a Joseph. There will be a David. May you rise to the occasion in the name of Jesus. Number nine, he had passion. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran and quickly ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. He hurried. You see, great leaders don't run away from problems. They solve them. They don't delay things. They move quickly. If you move to your next level, opportunity has a very serious and tiny sometimes time frame. Act immediately. When Joseph arrived in the palace that day, he didn't defer it that I will interpret this dream tomorrow. No, he did it there and then. He got a job there and then. Strike when the iron is hot. He had strong passion to do the thing. He was already convincing his brother. He moved away, talked to others. Then the king tried to talk him out of it. He was so passionate about the thing. And when the moment came, he ran towards the thing. May you not run away from danger. Run towards it. It will open by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because we have been created to solve problems, not to create problems. There are some people, they create problems. May you not be a, a problem creator. May you be a problem solver. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We have been created to solve problems. We have not been created to create problems. So it lets us be very passionate like David. He ran towards the thing. He was passionate to solve it immediately there and then in the name of Jesus. And finally, he pursued a purpose. If you move to your next level, may you understand your purpose and pursue it in Jesus' name. Verse 26 and the verse number 47. Verses 26 and 47. David said, he spoke to the men standing there and said, what shall be done? For the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel, he understands the nature of the problem. This is a reproach for us. And then he went on, and who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then in the verse number 47, he says, and then all this assembly shall know. See the purpose? That the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Hallelujah. You have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of what you are doing? David understood that the reason why he was here is not self-glorification. The reason why he's going to move to the next level is to bring glory to God. That all the nations of the world will know that God is God. And secondly, he was moving to ensure that this uncircumcised Philistines, do not defy the people of God anymore. He sought to take away the reproach from Israel and to restore glory to Israel and glory to God. That was his motive. When we excel academically, let it be that we wanted to bring glory to God. That he did not make a mistake creating us. Amen. When we land a good job, it is to the glory of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. When all things are working in our family, it is to the glory of God. Our motive primarily must be to bring God glory. 
Because everything he made and the reason why he's using us is to first of all bring him glory. When we bring him glory, then he attaches some of the glory upon us. So they will sing that Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. That's why when you love the glory, there will be controversial songs that will put you in problem. What is the purpose of what I am doing? This should be the question you ask yourself every time. As you seek to move to your next level, what is the purpose? Is it to serve God's agenda or your own agenda? Assuming that you become a millionaire right now, what will be the purpose why you want to be a millionaire? Is it to bring glory to God or to show people where power lies? When you become president or prime minister one day, what will be the motive? Is it to bring glory to God or to show people that you can revenge? That you can put them in prison if they speak against you? The reason why you want to get married, is it because to show off to your friends that they don't have what it takes to marry a man or woman? Or they are not beautiful? That you are more beautiful than them? Your motive must always be to bring glory to God. When we defer to God first, he has a way of deflecting some of his glory on us. And the Bible says, and God blessed David and made him great. And the Bible says, and God blessed Moses and made him great. And made him so significant that the people became afraid of him. May God bless everyone. May you pursue your purpose in life. David pursued it and he knew what it was. To take away the reproach from Israel. And to restore glory to God's people. And to restore honor to God. And that's why God himself in his testimony said that because you have decided to do this for me. I will surely build you a house. And there will be no one from your line that will lack a place to sit on the throne that I have established for you. Whenever we do things because of God, God has a way of blessing us and establishing our generation in the mighty name of Jesus. May you, by the spirit of God and by this teaching tonight, observe and discern your moment of opportunity to your next level. And may you not miss out in the mighty name of Jesus in any of these things that David himself found himself in. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God.